Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessier of WrestleZone.com, joined by Robert D. Fleece to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Robert, how are you doing today? I am Colin. Fans are back. Wrestling is back. Uh, this is good. Good things are good, and I'm excited, man. I am very excited, and just for a little, I don't know, maybe a, not a disclaimer, but just a general message. I mean, Robert, last night, the fans came back for the first time. Obviously, we had WrestleMania, but otherwise, for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic, and it's just it's a beautiful thing. I mean, yeah, the, the fans going absolutely crazy for Edge, for Rey Mysterio, for everything. And it was just a really fun show. I honestly teared up uh, when the fans just went, went crazy for Edge. Because um, wrestling really does, it's just so different with the fans. And we've gotten so used to the, the Thunderdome era and all these things. And even like with AEW, like other shows have had fans. But as admittedly, as a WWE fan, it was just a beautiful thing to have the fans back. So that made last night's show all the more fun, all the more special. And obviously, we'll talk all about it. Before we do, just want to remind you all that this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So, Robert, uh, last night's SmackDown was the first one in quite a while where Roman Reigns opened the show and didn't close it. They, they did all most of the Roman stuff right away. Uh, we literally got about 10 minutes just for entrances. And usually, I would complain about that, but last night, just to, those entrances were very special to have the crowd going crazy, just to really, you know, soak in the, those moments where the crowd went nuts for Edge, the crowd went nuts for Ray. Um, it was a beautiful thing. We, we did see a, a very brief appearance of Vince McMahon, who very uh, wisely said, where, have, where the hell have you been? And that was it. So before we even get into the start of the show, I think it's important to talk dark matches because yes. those are back. And... The first one featured a tag match that I don't know where how to describe it because it's Austin Theory tagging with Davy Boy Smith Jr. against Zion Quinn and Odyssey Jones. So they're just dark matches are back. Dark matches are back, and they, they've been back for a couple of weeks. The first couple were just some NXT talents, and of course, when you had guys like Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed in those dark matches. Obviously, you speculate about call-ups. Similarly here, you know, talk about Austin Theory, some of those other names. But Davey Boy Smith, definitely uh, maybe unexpected there, where uh, I think it was back in February, he had confirmed that uh, he was in talks to, to come back in, in some capacity, whether it was for NXT UK. But working a dark match, uh, I had a SmackDown. And then they released a, a WWE, dot, like a, a network exclusive, where you said, you know, I'm back in WWE to, you know, show how much I've grown. So it would appear that he is back in some he capacity. Is signed. He is signed. Uh, PW Insider just reported this morning. He is signed with World Wrestling Entertainment. So there you have it. Davy Boy Smith, uh, you know, definitely a big, or perhaps an, I'll say an interesting addition there, where obviously uh, right now, especially all these, you know, the rumors about NXT call-ups, and we'll talk about the, the NXT call-ups and the women's vision to SmackDown, uh, some other possibilities as well. But now Davy Boy Smith back, presumably, maybe on SmackDown, so that'll be curious. And obviously, uh, so you've got that addition. We'll talk about Finn Balor in a couple of minutes, but SmackDown definitely undergoing several changes here. Uh, but what do you think about David Boy Smith coming back? Now that I, I that's news to me. I, I didn't happen to see that this morning, but David Boy Smith back signed with WWE. Well, I, I think it's amazing. I think Harry Smith is one of the best in the world. And I'm excited to see him finally get his due maybe you know win that world title that his father was never afforded but i'm i'm excited hopefully tyson can, can come back on top of that i, I was just God willing. thinking that God. you know 
Uh, obviously, uh, David Boy Smith, Tyson Kidd, Once Upon a Time, the Great Heart Foundation, alongside Natalia. We can we can dream about that. But Nesha Curse in the comments saying, "I miss David Boy. I'm glad he's back." Uh, so yes, that even just before the show even went on the air, it's something definitely noteworthy there. Uh, and I'm very curious to see how that unfolds. You know, I don't know what really the ceiling is because obviously he's very talented. I don't know necessarily what WWE how they view him in that sense. Obviously, maybe he's a little on the older side. I'm not sure. You just mentioned maybe, you know, potentially on the, on the war. He's, the, he's younger than Finn Balor. He's good. We're, we're, all, right. we're all good, which is but insane again, because that means he was on top in the company in his early 20s. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you, you say on top, but he was a, you know, a tag team special. He was on top. He, never... he was on top of the tag team division. He was a tag team <laughs> champion. Right. So I guess I just mean he's done a lot outside WWE. He's, you know, he was pretty successful in MLW, New Japan. He's been around the world. I'm, again, I'm just not sure uh, exactly where WWE sl slots him kind of perception wise. I'm not sure, you know, to me, it'd be a little surprising to see him, you know, right away go for uh, obviously the world title or anything like that. But it is interesting. I, you know what, though? If you're talking rivalries, you can't go wrong with some good family feuding and the hearts and the usos that's that story there there there's is is. some money there I, it, it, there is money there again it's just interesting because right now you know I, you look at davy boy and as far as obviously as far as we know tyson kidd obviously has been forced to retire so he's out of, out of commission you could you could potentially work in natalia but right now it feels like David Boy will be on his own in that sense. And again, it's just kind of interesting to think about what his role could be on the show in that sense. So definitely looking forward to see what happens with him. But as for things that happened on the show, we did start off with the six-man tag team match of Roman Reigns and the Usos, as I just mentioned, uh, against another family, the Mysterios and Edge. Obviously, Roman and Edge will face off Sunday at Money in the Bank for the title. And I think it was earlier on Friday we found out that the Mysterios will defend the tag titles against the Usos on Money in the Bank kickoff. So that'll be the kickoff match there. Um, definitely interested to see what happens with that. Obviously, we mentioned before, uh, you could have either have Roman and the Usos kind of dominate SmackDown with the titles, uh, you know, as the tribe, or, you know, if the, if the Usos lose, then you wonder about, uh, you know, maybe some, some more tension there. But right now, it does feel like the, the tribe is a united front. So maybe, I guess at this point, I'd probably expect the Usos to win that one. But for this match, obviously, we were just talking about uh, the, the fans going crazy. This was a great way to open the show. Um, you know, this was really like the main event match to open the show in, in some sense. Uh, and I, I liked it a lot. And we definitely saw, you know, Roman and Ed scoring off. We saw uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio. They were once the tag team champions together. They were teaming up. Uh, just a very fun match to open the show. Uh, pretty much exactly what you would want. Just, like, you know, the crowd, given that, given that that great atmosphere. And in the end, you have the Usos kind of cheated a little bit. Uh, and, and they pinned Rey Mysterio to gain some momentum heading into Sunday. Robert, what do you think of this match? And what are your thoughts kind of surrounding, I guess, let's say both matches heading into Money in the Bank on Sunday? Okay, so before that... The Vince McMahon thing was my favorite thing to ever happen on television. Just for him to come out, go, where the hell have you been? Bow! And then walk to the back was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Edge's pop. Uh, uh, Tony Mango, my good friend, said, oh, you mean to tell me he didn't cure COVID? Because Edge got a pop that was inhuman. People were so excited to see live wrestling again from WWE. And 
I, I, I don't know. I loved it. I loved the match. Match was fun. Dominic got to wrestle in front of people. Good First lord. Time ever. Yeah. Good. Like nobody deserves it more than that kid. Uh, Usos are great. Never not great. Roman's never not great. Magic happened here, and it wasn't even like, oh, this what a great match. It was just fun. It was just a fun opening match. Uh, Usos did get the roll up on Ray, but we had more shenanigans after the match with Edge and Roman, and they managed to send everybody home happy. You know, it's yeah. This was very, like I said, it was a very much a main event match. Uh, at the beginning of the show, like they, this was very much booked like a main event match. They had, you know, maybe the heels won, but then the the you know, Edge got the one up on on Roman Reigns. Uh, he attacked the Usos when they tried to attack Mysterios, and then you know Roman tried to beat down Edge. Edge got the upper hand, and then the same thing we've seen for a couple weeks in a row now with Edge breaking the chair off the uh, the breaking the bar off the chair and, and you know choking. In this case, it was Roman out with that crossface. It is interesting how they've kind of built up this this crossface with the chair. Where on Sunday they're going to be facing off in a normal singles match. Uh, Roman here tapped out, which I thought was very, uh, at least interesting. You know, Roman usually has been booked as this pretty dominant face, or sorry, dominant heel of the company here. Uh, the, the the champion never tapped out, you know, and and this obviously wasn't an official tap out, but definitely still the visual of him tapping out like this. And as said later in the show, he made Roman tap out like a bitch. You know, uh, I thought it was interesting just uh perception wise that roman you know tapping out here and obviously you you see that was you important the, yeah because the crowd that little hand movement signified that he tapped out in a match that wasn't even a match the crowd lost it when he started tapping out which is just amazing which is a reminder of like the little things that actually make wrestling worth watching and just a great segment it was a great segment and a great start to the show. Looking at some of these comments here, Melly Mel saying SmackDown was awesome. Sold out crowd, loved it. Uh, Craig Backlund saying it was a very good show. Glad to see the fans are back. And similarly, I've I've talked about this in a couple uh, recent weeks here. Michael Covenant saying it was kind of weird seeing fans back. So I used to the Thunderdome stuff, but it was fresh and exciting. I mean, yeah, it's just a huge adjustment. Obviously, we've gotten so used to the, fa- uh, the Thunderdome. Not having fans, not having that live crowd, it's definitely a different experience. And even again, even though we've seen AW, some other sh- uh, companies have fans. WWE, just you know, it, it's different, right? We, having a Thunderdome and all that stuff. Um, so definitely, I'm looking forward to just, uh, I guess, readapting, readjusting to having the fans back here. Also worth noting that the, the there was a new a, a new set for SmackDown, and we'll probably see a new set for Raw on Monday. Next year, saying a new set was great. It was this big, like I don't know how to describe it. It's big, like. You know, one. It's, it's large... a big screen. It's a large screen, and it's interesting. I think it could be a little m- bit more, but it's it's certainly better than Thunderdome. It is. Uh, so we, I, I, I liked it. Uh, Melly Mel saying he loves the new set. Uh, you know, I thought at least it's, again it's different. Just to kind of kick off this new chapter. Uh, I would say in, in WWE history, having the fans back in that sense. So, you know, obviously that had been reported for a while, having a new set. And along with the new set, we saw some new presentation elements, and that had been previously discussed as well. Um, first night here, I'm not sure what I felt about them. We saw Roman Reigns, his uh they've had they've had like the on-screen graphics before, but this is the first time I can recall. Well, they've they've started working on uh, working in a little bit, uh, but Roman Reigns, his like on-screen graphic of like it's like an Move. animation. It, it, like it yeah. moved. It moved. I, I, then we had 
later we had Bianca Belair's lips and her hair, like the lips had hair and the, her graphic. It was, was kind of weird. Uh, maybe they'll work out the kinks a little bit because like the graphics didn't look the best. Like they looked a little rough around the edges in some sense. But uh, again, they're, they're clearly, they're trying some new things. They're, they're trying to kind of incorporate some of the things we saw in the Thunderdome era into this, you know, return of the, the live shows. So I'm sure they'll kind of work out some of those, you know, inconsistencies or some of the things that are maybe a little rough around the edges in that sense but obviously they're doing they're just trying new things and i commend them for that so fun start to the show and uh, we did see the usos gaining the upper hand there so you have to wonder if on sunday we'll see them win the tag titles and then in that case as neshkar is saying here the bloodline could get all the belts and you know that's yeah, not saying good that, they will <laughs> and that's they... what saying as well so i think that's probably what will happen uh because they they, they had already been um kind of you know doing telling that story of of the tribe uh having tension and conflict and now they're they're united front and i'd be very surprised if they did not win on sunday even though it's the kickoff show i think that'll be a cool way to start the show with the usos regaining the tag titles again we talked about it last week even with um you know uh, jimmy Uso with uh, his arrest last week you know we're, we're, we're pressing on and at least from the on-screen perspective uh, it'll be cool to see the uh, the tribe uh, reign supreme in that sense so Beyond that, I mentioned earlier Edge uh, in a backstage promo talked about how he made Roman tap. But Robert, you and I for weeks have been talking about the fact that Edge and Seth Rollins does seem to be uh, the likely direction for SummerSlam. And they're very gradually and pretty clearly uh, going in that direction. Uh, yet another interaction between the two backstage. Seth basically laughing at Edge and saying, you're not going to beat Roman. Uh, and then, I, But he said, I hope you do, because I would love to cash in on the guy that made the Money Bank match famous. Um, so at the very least, even if Edge doesn't win, even if Seth Rollins doesn't win, they're clearly uh, heading in this direction where you know Seth and Edge have beef. I think it's very clear that Seth Rollins costs Edge the match on tomorrow night, and I'm okay with it. And more importantly, I like that Rollins stopped the cheeky bullshit long enough to go, and then I'm going to finish what I did seven years ago. And actually break your neck. And it's like, perfect. Now there's a story there. And it's going to be money. And it's going to be one of the most, what we used to call the WWE style. I think that will be one of the most WWE style main event matches that we could ever see at SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think Seth and Edge could really do some great stuff together from a storytelling perspective. The Obviously, Seth is great in the ring. Edge can still go very much so. Uh, and, you know, you just mentioned that history there and potentially adding even more heat to it on Sunday with potentially Seth costing Edge makes all sense in the world to me. Um, you know, especially, let's let's say, I, mean, we, I think we've talked about it before, but maybe, even if the Money in the Bank match closes the show, you know, Seth still does have a bone to pick with Edge, so maybe we'll see uh, Seth cost Edge and then maybe go on to win Money in the Bank. Or again, even if Seth loses, that still makes Austin's world to go in that direction. So I'm looking forward to that, and I think it could really just be beneficial for both guys. That's been a match and a feud that's been speculated about, that's been, I'll say, dreamt about for many fans for quite a while now. Now that's a possibility again, makes all sense in the world to do it. So I'm looking forward to that. Something else I'm looking forward to, although I was not thrilled with the way that it went down, the return of Finn Balor to SmackDown. We had Sami Zayn come out, and he was saying that, oh, now the fans are back, so now he's got all these witnesses to the conspiracy against him, and he's asking for the fans to cheer, cheer for justice for Sami, and some fans did, but he wasn't satisfied with it. 
And then uh, Finn Balor came out and uh, interrupted Sami Zayn's promo, and there wasn't much really to it, although uh, Finn Balor left Sami Zayn lying. I will say, I, I'm thrilled to have Finn Balor back. This has been rumored for a while. Finn Balor has clearly been in, in a position where he's been off NXT for a couple of weeks, I think, since he lost. Uh, the, he, did he lost the belt? He hasn't appeared. Yeah. Yeah, he had a rematch with Karrion Cross, and then he's been gone, so he took some, t- took some time away. He's back. Robert... Thrilled to have Finn Balor back on SmackDown, but this felt like the exact same Finn Balor that we last saw on SmackDown. He was in the blue trunks. He had the jacket. There felt like absolutely not like this felt like almost this this like we did a time jump where like nothing had changed. Finn Balor the exact same. We it, this did not feel like the Prince of NXT at all. This felt like the 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 you know white meat baby face Finn Balor that we saw two years ago. I would argue that by the end of the NXT run, he was starting to feel like that anyway. And it doesn't matter. What's old is new again. I know I'm usually the guy who harps on, you shouldn't just say it doesn't matter, but it really does matter. The the crowd ate it out. They were able to do the hand thing. They were just so happy to be there. And that was good enough for me. And it Finn is. Balor, like, I thought he would at least say something like, Balor Club is back on SmackDown or The Prince is back or something. He didn't say anything. Perhaps less nope. said the better. I'm not excited to see them run this match to the ground seven times in a row because they will yeah they're back on the road but they're not gonna like change their booking style other than that though probably not good good time good time it's it's ironic because i the finn came out last night and i remember i think it was probably two years ago now i it may have been may have been an episode of raw when Finn was on raw I, raw or smackdown i think sammy had been hurt sammy came back uh, and Finn, Finn was his opponent. It was like kind of a, a almost a, a reversal where like I think Finn was out in the ring and then Sammy came out um, because he had been injured. And he but the back. Raw was that like after Mania? The Raw after Mania? I think so. Then it may have been Mania thirty five. So I, I couldn't help but think of that. And now you know we might get a feud here in some capacity or just you know some repetitive booking in that sense. But yes, yeah, so it was weird that Finn didn't say anything. And I will say, unfortunately. This return was a little bit spoiled, where I think it was WrestleVotes tweeted earlier in the day on Friday that SmackDown would be too sweet and you know for everyone, of course, Balor Club for everyone. So that's the nature of the beast. Obviously, some things get spoiled. So, uh, but nonetheless, I was very excited to see Finn Balor back. I just couldn't help but feel like they still don't get Finn Balor. Like the the fact that it felt the exact same that he did. Maybe even I would agree that maybe by the end of his NXT run. He started to feel that way anyway, but he did some great work down next. He, he, you know, showcased some different sides to his character, but this felt like the same version of Finn Balor we'd previously seen. And though that, that Finn Balor didn't do a lot, you know, in terms of he was great. He won the IC title, but it didn't He's feel like the, the best first of universal Balor. champion, pal. You can't take that away from him ever. Doesn't matter that he lost it immediately because he was injured and never got back there again. He's first universal champion. He's set in stone. Uh, yeah, and I, I I would agree, and I think that he could easily slot in as one of the top guys on SmackDown, especially let's say in a in a post SummerSlam world, if they if they you know book him nicely that. Once, if John Cena comes back, once he leaves, once Edge is, you know, takes another uh, hiatus here, let's say after SummerSlam, you know, Finn could definitely slot in as a, you know, upper mid card, even main event guy. You know, I th- obviously he's got all that potential and I, I want that for him. I just, I couldn't help but think that this, this, it felt almost like deja vu. And that when we last saw Finn on main roster 
you know, it wasn't really working. So I hope they do it differently this time around. I'm not sure if they will. So uh, we saw Finn Balor back on SmackDown. Someone else we saw back on SmackDown, at least for the second week in a row. Tegan Nox and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, I think this was like a number one contenders match against the champions, Natalia and Tamina. Shotzi and Tegan won again, although not without a little shenanigans. We had Zelina Vega and uh, Liv Morgan on commentary. They were arguing. Then they started brawling at ringside. This distraction helped Tegan and Shotzi uh, secure the win. So two wins for Tegan and Shotzi in two weeks over the women's tag team champions. And then after that, Natalia and Tamina beat down Shotzi. Uh, they beat down uh, Zelina and Liv heading into Money in the Bank here. So, Robert, what do you think about uh, another win for Tegan and Shotzi? And I guess we can segue that into uh, at least the SmackDown side of the women's Money in the Bank match. Listen. They'll be champions by next week because why not? That way you get two fresh faces that can go between Raw and SmackDown as you decide what you want to do with them leading up to the draft. Uh, match is fine. I like the cannon on the tank. I like that they have like a shirt gun that shoots a shirt into the crowd. I like that. That's smart. They're going to get over so fast. I don't like that they don't have their full names. It's still Knox and Shotzi, and that kind of sucks. But good stuff here. You know, everybody's excited to see them. They have no tag teams. There doesn't need to be a tag team division. I'm I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know that it's like, ah, but it's great for the women. It would be if they were doing something with them, but I don't think they need to exist. That being said, harmless, you know? Harmless. Yeah. And I, I, it does feel like uh, Shotzi and Knox probably going to be the next champions here. Two wins over Italian Tamina. It's easy to see the logic, as you just said, build up these fresh faces. The fans are back, you know, have those, you know, as ability to establish new people. That way, you know, supposedly you're getting fans to want to be able to see these new people they have, haven't been able to see before. Pretty logical business move there. Uh, I'm not sure if this will be maybe next week or. Uh, maybe sometime in the coming weeks that they'll build them up a little more than win the titles, but two wins in two weeks, definitely noteworthy there. Sean Garner pointing out that Liv did not get beat up. Yes, there was a brawl after the match, and then Liv went up standing tall. So that segues into Robert. Uh, the thoughts, at least we can talk about the, the men's match later, but for the women's match, we did see Liv Morgan stand tall here. It has felt like, uh, at least for a couple weeks now, Liv maybe being a dark horse contender to win the Money in the Bank match, and uh, Sean Garner saying Liv should win Money in the Bank match. What do you think about the women's Money in the Bank match, and who would be your pick, or maybe your your logical pick, and your maybe preferred pick to win here? Hmm. So, first of all, Liv Morgan, great promo. She legit crying because the crowd loves her. I, I love that. I have a theory that she doesn't make it into the match. That there's no way that there's not a surprise. And she gets beaten up and doesn't make it into the match. That being said, if she does make it to the ring, she should absolutely win the ladder match. You have one job here. for like the, At least through SummerSlam, you have one job. Make the people happy because if you screw up these crowds that are as hot as can be because they're just excited to live life you have done something very wrong so give morgan the briefcase yes nikki cross could get it uh yeah alexa alexa bliss is breathing and alive so she could always get it but i think it should be Liv morgan 
Hard to disagree. And Neskur saying what she told us for weeks now that Liv would would win Money in the Bank. I mean, she does feel like a very, you know, logical pick that, you know, she's been kind of, uh, the, the, the odds have been sacked against her. Sonya Deville didn't want, seemingly didn't want to put her in the match. Now she's in the match. Uh, but yes, there is this, you know, the sense that somebody that's not currently in the lineup will probably join, join the match on Sunday, whether it's Becky Lynch, Sa- uh, Sasha Banks, even somebody. Could join this match. Tony uh, Drill probably yeah. would be my likely uh, person. But so, you know, Liv could get attacked, or you know, it could be somebody else. You know, somebody could be taken out of the match, opening one spot for uh, a surprise contender like that. And Robert, if if it's Sonya Deville, do you think that she could win this match, or would that just be a way to bring her back into the fold? So the, here's the catch one too: if there is a surprise, the surprise has to go over because. It's not the strongest lineup anyway. Like I said, you got Bliss, who is breathing, so should be in line for a title shot. You've got uh, Nikki Cross, or Nikki Ash, I guess now, who should get this win to make people happy if there's no Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan is here. So if Liv Morgan makes it to the ring, she absolutely needs to win because people will go nuts. Yeah, I mean, Liv, you know, almost, you know, maybe despite the booking she's been given uh, for quite a while now, Liv's getting over, the crowd gets behind her. Sean Garner pointing out the, uh, to the crowd chant last night, you deserve it to her. I mean, she's definitely been someone that has not really gotten that chance uh, in the title scene, you know, as, as, as a single star. Obviously, she was with the Ride Squad for a while. If she wins on Sunday, this will be kind of her first real shot at singles glory. So... I would like to see that. Obviously, we've talked for weeks now that the SmackDown Women's Division has been lacking depth, even by calling these people up. If Sonya Deville comes back, there's nothing. Uh, they, uh, I was about to say there's nothing wrong with, the, but they sh- even beyond that, they should be pushing somebody new in this sense. So I'd like to see that for Liv Morgan. But at the same time, if a surprise slot does open up, whether it's Sonya Deville or as Mr. Kerr saying, it could be Becky Lynch and Bitnell again picking that as well. Uh, uh, there has been a report that Becky will be in attendance on Sunday, but we don't know if that means that she'll just be backstage or on the show. Again, I, I think Robert, you and I have talked about it. I think John and I have talked about it on the raw side of things. I can't help but be surprised, you know, if they bring Becky back, uh, or I'll say Becky or Sasha, if they bring back a big name like that, if they bring it back just for this Money in the Bank match, yeah, it's a big way to bring them back. But again, it's just the Money in the Bank usually is this great way to to establish somebody new, to give someone new that spot. Obviously, there, there are exceptions. Brock Lesnar won two years ago and stuff like that. But it doesn't feel like that would necessarily be the best way to utilize someone like Becky or Sasha or, or somebody like that in this sense. Like you, you could bring back Sonya in a different way and still you know have have that person make quite an impact without kind of sacrificing your, your ability to give somebody else this opportunity. I think it's unfair to um, to say, well, it has to go to a younger star, and if not, then they've failed. Like... It should go to whomever is best qualified. And right now, I think that happens to be the younger star in Liv Morgan. But if you got Becky Lynch, and if you can have Becky Lynch on Raw and SmackDown, just, you know, holding this briefcase over the champion, that's great. I also want to say, if Becky Lynch manages to come back immediately following the return to touring, she has had the greatest career of all time. Won the belt in the main event of WrestleMania, kept it for a year, uh, successfully defends it, just 
gives it away to go experience the joy of motherhood, misses an entire pandemic, and just comes back. I think if she can pull that off, she's the best of all time. I would agree. I mean, she's she's doing it right, and you know the way this has worked out. If if slash when she comes back, I mean, yeah, she she would have missed the vast majority of the pandemic era, and then to come back for kind of like just reaping the benefits. Now the fans are back, and then she gets to kind of experience the uh, the great crowd and 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 potentially just this buzz and everything. And and while you just said, you know, at the same time having had the the ability and the the luxury of enjoying you know motherhood and and you know welcoming the daughter into the world, like that's the best of both worlds. So I think that'd be a great thing for her. Um, Whenever she does come back, I think obviously we're all looking forward to that. I think that'll be very great. Uh, Sean Garner pointed out she could come back, uh, come come out uh, on Money the Bank after the Ray Ripley Charlotte Flair match. I mean, she is a member of the Raw roster, so it is worth pointing out there. She's not actually. I, I was informed that when they did the draft, she was not drafted. Therefore, she is a free agent. She can go wherever she pleases, which is an amazing added. story detail. Uh, I ain't ever gonna complain about running Becky and Charlotte back. And if you complain, you're wrong because just because you've seen it a lot doesn't mean it's not the best thing they've got. And if you can run that at SummerSlam, it's a whole lot better than Goldberg. I would agree. I think it's, Becky and Charlotte would be probably the probably the best moments vision match they could do right now uh, for, uh, on the raw side of things. In the general, um, that could very well be the best usage for her Uh Upon her return again, and I, I feel like it, if it's not a money in the bank, it will probably be sooner and later, so that they could uh, easily build her up in time for SummerSlam for a big match at that show, because that'll be a, a huge show as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, something else, uh, something else, I'm looking forward to, and I've been talking about for a couple weeks now. Otis as a monster heel on SmackDown. We got a, a video package for Otis about this, his kind of reign of terror in recent weeks. He's, he's been beating people down, and that continued last night on SmackDown. Uh, the Alpha Academy was backstage, and they confronted. They were confronted by Cesaro, and you know, basically, you know, they they overlooked Cesaro, Cesaro last week, and they were, they weren't going to do that this week. They they Otis and Cesaro had a match. Nothing much to it. As Chad Gable got involved, and Cesaro won by disqualification. And then Otis beat down Cesaro, left him lying. So Otis very clearly, uh, you know, being positioned in this dominant role. But Nesha Curtis saying Otis as a heel doesn't work for her, at least. You know, Robert, what are you thinking about this this continual uh, monster heel push for Otis that we've been seeing for quite a while now? Weakest part of the show for sure. Not anything against Otis, but I think Cesaro after the run he's had should be in a greater role in the company. I think Otis, now that fans are back, should be a comedy character that the fans enjoyed. It's just a miss for me. The only miss on the entire show. I think there's a lot of fairness to that. I mean, for me, I've been happy to see Otis being used, being being prominently featured, albeit in this different role. But I mean, yeah, it was one thing turning him heel without fans made sense. His face turn had kind of fizzled out, and largely due to the booking in that in that sense. Uh, and now the fans are back, and it feels like they are kind of missing out there. Where by having the live fans back, you know, Otis is very much you know this great comedy character, or he, ha he had been a great comedy character uh, that could really thrive. Uh, with the with the live fans, that's how he won money in the bank. That's you know the fans really got behind him uh, last year, um, and now here we are one year later. He's a heel, but the fans are back. So maybe you know maybe they'll they'll revisit that at some point. 
down the road. I mean, I would hope. So I, I, obviously, it had worked, and I think it could work again. But uh, you're, you're getting some people agreeing with you about Cesaro. Jimmy Williams saying Cesaro needs to be in the title picture. And uh, the set, likewise, Nesh Curry saying Cesaro does not get the push he deserves. I mean, we saw him get uh, at least a brief run in the spotlight there, challenging Roman Reigns, beating Seth Rollins, although it was kind of all too easy to see the writing on the wall that that was maybe temporary, right? That he got his WrestleMania moment, that he challenged Roman Reigns, that he got you have a nice run there uh, in the main event scene. And now, it's just a matter of weeks, he's kind of dropped back into now, this I had goal. said probably uh, to the chagrin of some people that he would beat Rollins at Mania and that'd be the thing he hung his hat on forever. They did give him the Roman match. They need to give him more if they want to be serious about him. I think his an addition of Cesaro to the Money in the Bank ladder match would have been better for the crowd. And I'm harping on that because I really, right now, that's all that matters is the crowd. And I think Cesaro in the match would give them somebody else to cheer for. Because right now, to me, it's very one-sided, maybe two. But I think Cesaro would have been a great addition to that match. I agree. Of course, the fans super behind this guy. I know I'm a huge fan of him. And the, the swing has been over for quite a while, and especially in, in recent months, people love the swing. They, he swung uh, Gable last night. The crowd went crazy. And doing that in the Money in the Bank match, and those in general, having him in there, having a guy that the crowd really gets behind, you know, it's a recipe for success. And, you know, maybe compared to some of the other guys in the Money in the Bank match, I would, I would probably agree. Cesaro may be a better fit in that sense. And unfortunately, he's not in the match at this point. So kind of have to uh, press on with it anyway. And I guess we uh, we can talk about the Money in the Bank match later. But first, we did see a, a title match on Friday night. We saw Bianca Belair defend the SmackDown Women's title against Carmella. This had been announced, of course, when Bailey went down with a, with a very unfortunate injury. And we talked about it for weeks now. The lack of depth, you got to kind of slot somebody else in there. Carmella in, a, in what had been a very thin division, probably the, the most qualified for this kind of spot. Uh, Good match, not no complaints with the match itself, but yeah, you knew that Bianca Belair wasn't going to lose the title, and it was great to see the crowd really behind Bianca in that sense. But you know, that, harmless, but at the same time, uh, maybe a, a little bittersweet in the sense that the, this is the, the situation they found themselves in by having just this this thin uh, lineup of of potential contenders in, in a post in a in a, a roster without Bailey on it, right? Yeah. So my also my watch is a little off. I really thought it was boss time last night, and it wasn't. And I'm sad about that. I'm glad I got an out pity chuckle out of you. Thank you. Um, you know, fine match. Bianca's the best in the world, and she's having a great year. There's no reason to derail that. I had pitched the fantasy booking idea of screw it, do Bianca and Sasha at Rolling Loud. Next week, you know, that's a hell of a match. And that's what, yeah, you mentioned next week will be the Rolling Loud uh, Music Festival. They're going to split time for SmackDown next week. Half like part of it will be in Cleveland, part of it will be in the Rolling Loud Music Festival. So I wouldn't expect anything crazy at the Music Festival because to me, that the crowd there is not going to be a wrestling crowd. It's going to be you know casual fans, so that they might do, I don't know. Just a, a kind of a fun match or two, nothing crazy. The main show will, will be in Cleveland, like that's kind of the the actual show. And then the the Rolling Loud part will be probably this exhibition kind of thing. Uh, I wouldn't expect a title change or anything like that. I mean, I, I could see the logic there, 
Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to like waste it on a crowd that probably wouldn't like care, right? Oh, you don't know. Maybe maybe somebody gets eyes on Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair for the first time, and they're like, "Oh my God, I need more of this." Like you, you just never know. It's true. Uh, and in some sense, it's definitely surprising that that Sasha didn't, didn't return last night. But at the same time, uh, you can't you know use all these surprises at once. Neshkar is saying it's time for Sasha to return. Could be at Money in the Bank this weekend. Could be this upcoming week. You know, the, the first full week back with live fans there. So it could be next week on SmackDown. I mean, we're definitely in this stretch here where I'd expect. You know, this weekend, next week, the week after that, we're going to see a bunch of things. We saw Finn Balor return last night. We're we're probably going to see some big stuff again on Sunday, maybe uh, next Friday on SmackDown as well. So Sasha Banks, definitely one of those people that I would say, yeah, I would, I would expect to see her back sooner rather than later again, Sunday or, or next week even. And whether that's a few deal with Bianca, which feels very likely, uh, or even, you know, if she is that a potential surprise in the Money the Bank match, I definitely see her coming back in a big way. And I know many people, myself included, are looking forward to that. And with that, I guess it's time to talk about the main event match, Fatal 4-Way, uh, between King, uh, King Nakamura, Seth Hold Rollins. on. Well, before you get to the Fatal 4-Way, great segment with Kayla Braxton uh, trying to interview Paul Heyman. And Heyman is really talking about Edge. And he really was like harping on all the things that Edge had done wrong and all the sins he'd committed against the Tribal Chief. And Big E interrupts Paul Heyman, telling him, you know, don't you dare be sour, clap for the future Money in the Bank winner and feel the power. They're setting up Big E and Roman Reigns. And I don't care if it happens in September, in October, in December. This is the match that needs to happen if you're not going to have Big E win the belt or win the briefcase and cash in on a, what you call it, uh, Bobby Lashley. Cause you should, but it looks like they're going with Billy Goldberg for that. So can't do that. I am so excited for Big E versus Roman Reigns. That's the match that I've wanted to see for months now. I mean, Big E versus Roman, two of the top stars they've got. Big fan of Big E, big fan of Roman. I, I, if they build it up properly, I again, I feel like I was saying this from, uh, you know January for us many times. SummerSlam might be too soon, but maybe in the fall, maybe Survivor Series, that it could definitely be a, a marquee match on pay-per-view. So I'm looking forward to that. I think yet another match where there could be uh, great storytelling and, and, and the feud leading up to it. And the crowd would, would in all likelihood go nuts for it. I mean, two, two very popular guys. And I, I, I think that'd be a great way, just to, uh, a great match to have main event at any show so I, I i'm very much looking forward to that you pointed that out and i, I realized i forgot the segment with baron corbin where baron corbin came out asking for money he set up a a GoFundMe. this man he's lost everything he lost his car he lost his crown uh as pat mcafee said in commentary this dude's life stinks right now he's asking for just you know people to help him and, and he was begging the crowd for help he pointed the, the screen showed his GoFundMe website kevin owens came out didn't really care King uh, uh, Corbin insulted his his attire indirectly, so and uh, Owens dropped him with a stunner. So uh, more uh, sad Corbin here, and as Nestor is pointing out, happy Corbin is on is probably coming at some point soon. Yeah, I just don't know how they get there. I hope it's good, you know, because uh, happy Corbin's such a stupid idea. It's so dumb, but who knows. The name is dumb. Like I, if if we didn't get the news about the trademark, uh, I like the story of you know this guy 
being a real jerk, losing everything, and then maybe seeing the error in his ways, and then maybe getting a, a face turn out of that for, for Baron Corbin. But knowing it, we're, we're probably going to get happy Corbin, whatever that is. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we actually get there. I can't help but think we're going to get like some weird thing. Like maybe he gets like a life coach or something, and someone like tries to like, yeah, you know, something kind of goofy like that. I don't really see that going very well. See, the but... thing is, I would have had Boogs be the life coach. And they don't seem to be going there, so I don't know where they're going. But I definitely, I do see a life coach kind of move, you know? DDP being like, that's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Something in that vein, but upgraded for 2021. Hopefully. Uh, Jimmy Williams saying, trying to turn Corbin face, not sure if it's working. I mean, I I see where they're going. I see what they're trying to do, and I, I like the idea, again, but the fact that and all we it feels like they are actually going to rename him uh happy corbin i just i don't i don't see it working very well right now i don't see it working uh if they actually go through with it um i don't know i think again i think you know a, a babyface corbin could work if they if they're serious about it if they really you know do it but you know if, if it's for kind of this comedy effect and the granted there's all there's there's a, there's a, a time and place for a comedy storyline for a comedy role but Baron Corbin, you and I have talked about for for weeks now. A very talented guy doesn't really get his due. Uh, probably probably deserves better than this. So you know we'll have to wait and see how how they go about it. But I'm both hopeful and also not so hopeful about the, their ability to really pull this off. But four guys four guys who did pull something off was uh, the guys in the main event match pulled off a great match. It was King Nakamura, Seth Rollins, Big E, and Kevin Owens. Big E hit his nasty apron mm-hmm. spear right away. Mm-hmm. This man. Going out there for the crowd. No, <laughs> no, man, no. Like it's, it's too much. <laughs> yeah, too, too much was the theme of this match. These guys, especially, I'll say Biggie and uh, Kevin Owens, going out there doing their very best to give the crowd a, a great match with uh, some crazy spots. Uh, obviously, Biggie with that apron spear always looks brutal. At least this time, he could have the, the adrenaline from the live crowd there. Uh, but doing that, that apron spots. Uh, doing the apron spear right there, uh, you know, great way to kind of start the match with some with some electricity in that sense. And then Owens dove on to Biggie on the outside, and then Nakamura dove on to Rollins, and it was crazy. Uh, and then very good match. It was a fun main event, main event match. Like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, this is the first time in quite a while that we've had uh, a non Roman Reigns segment in the show. So the Flight of Four Way match here was a lot of fun. These four guys will be the SmackDown half of the Men's Money in the Bank match. Uh, and that's saying that Fatal Four Way was nuts. I mean, yeah, these guys just went out there, stole the show in front of the live crowd. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, doing what they do best, you know, for the, for the top guys on SmackDown there. Not much really to say about it, but Kevin Owens. What uh, climbed to the very top of the ladder? We got a little money in the bank preview after R- Rollins hit Nakamura with a ladder, and Rollins seemed like he wanted to put Nakamura through the table, and uh, and then Owens kind of up to the top of the ladder and <laughs> the very top and dove off the top and hit an elbow drop through the announce table. This man is crazy. Uh, Nesh Chris point out he always goes all out, but Kevin Owens doing his best to give the give the live, live crowd quite a show. And in the end here, uh, that spot took out both Owens and Nakamura. Back in the ring, Rollins and Biggie were left alone, and Rollins stomped Biggie on top of the ladder. Rollins pinned Biggie, and then, and maybe a unofficial preview of Money in the Bank, Rollins climbed to the top of the ladder and un- unhooked the briefcase to, to end the show. So there you go. He's won the match. There's no need for the ladder match on Sunday, and uh, Rollins is Money in the Bank winner. I like it. Smart move. 
that was that was the visual that for uh, to end the show there that Rollins he, he emerged victorious. They he climbed the ladder, unhooked the briefcase, and I guess that leads us into Sunday Money in the Bank men's Money in the Bank match. What could be the main event of the show? Rollins unhooked the briefcase here, but who do you see unhooking the briefcase on Sunday? Big E, Big E, it's only Big E. I, more sure than ever after uh, last night, it's Big E, and the place is gonna go nuts. It's amazing. If they could somehow, the only person outside of Liv Morgan who could get a bigger pop in the women's match would be Naomi. And if they were to somehow give Naomi and Biggie the briefcases on the same night, you you would know that hey, wow, they're actually they're actually serious about giving the fans what they want at least in the interim. I I I hope so. Right? You you've been saying a couple times throughout the show now. Giving the people what they want is the most important thing right now. And for me, Biggie, maybe more than anybody, is that, right? Especially in the men's match, you look at it's not it's not Drew McIntyre. People don't want more Drew McIntyre. Mm. Uh, probably not Seth Rollins, probably not King Nakamura. I've made a case for Riddle in recent weeks, but uh hearing him say that Toy Story 2 was his favorite movie this past Monday made me kind of say, all right, maybe maybe this is not the guy to win money the bank on Sunday. Oh, and Elsewhere on Raw. Hey, wait, hold on. Is um, that to say that you're that you're like not a fan of Toy Story 2? What's, what's up here, bro? No, I love Toy Story. I'm just saying for me, I've said it for weeks. Like anybody on Raw, then uh, maybe other than Drew, like the guys that you wouldn't necessarily think could win Money in the Bank. Anybody in that match, really any of these guys could win, right? Or, or when when they qualified, there was there was a road to them realistically winning, but WWE hasn't really taken it. When Riddle and John Morrison qualified, I was like, all right, either these guys like could win if they're booked seriously. Instead, we got more of the dripstick and more of you know Ricochet being cringy and rapping and all these things, and didn't really work for me. When Riddle qualified, I was like, hey, maybe Riddle is actually like the most logical choice here. He's been booked pretty strongly. He's got this RK Bro thing going. He's he's had great matches. He's been presented pretty darn well, but. At the same time, I thought, okay, maybe this is the chance to really have him be a, a little more serious. But then Monday, he's out there joking about Toy Story 2. I more miss mean the, the not, not, I'm not picking a fight with Toy Story 2. I'm just saying the, the style, where it's like he just kept joking, kept, you know, all that. And for me, you know, well, it's different, right? Biggie joked last night, but joked like kind of with a purpose. Monday, Riddle was just joking, like, you know, doing his usual thing. Whereas Biggie was kind of laughing at Rowan Reigns to kind of, you know, plant that seed of like, oh, as you just said, maybe we're going in that direction and that could be really cool. So across all the across the board here, now Biggie does feel like the most logical choice where you're going to get that big pop, where you it does feel like this, this real, uh, as I said earlier, this, this great main event match that you could have uh at some point in a couple months uh and yes i okay i'm getting comments that riddle is this character to be a jokester i know i understand that i'm just saying you know for me uh maybe i'm old-fashioned but like money the bank i want like a, a even somewhat serious contender someone i could really see challenging for the world title and riddle in the ring yes obviously he's a great wrestler but i don't know it just feels like there he's he's been kind of put in that comedy role kind of as a hybrid with a main event kind of guy yeah, um, I don't think it's Riddle. People have been saying it's Riddle. I don't think it's ever going to be Riddle, but that's just me. Granted, that okay, the personal stuff, the lawsuit was dropped, you know, 
that's that's a good sign for him in terms of like maybe he can get that push. But I don't know, man. I think it's I think it's Biggie's match to win, and nobody even comes close. Ricochet sucks. Like in his current role, Ricochet sucks. Uh, Morrison's great. He ain't when the briefcase talking about being moist and moisture and being a, a splash hole. Like that's not happening. So it's it's Biggie. And boy, oh boy, are people gonna pop when Biggie wins that briefcase? I hope so. I I think that will be. I think that's the best best path forward, both in the short term, but literally just on Sunday. You know, give people a big pop there for Biggie, and then you know, kind of throughout the summer here. Then, as I was just saying about Riddle, then you could you know position Biggie in this you know role where he's he could you know quickly become a, a serious contender. And Nash Curtis agreeing about Riddle, saying you can't take Riddle seriously, although I like him, and yeah, I think he's done great work on Rob. I'm saying as a world title contender, uh, yeah, I think Biggie just makes all sense in the world. And I, I hope to see that. So, uh, although Rollins stood tall uh, last night, got to feel like Biggie, like you just said, it might be his match to lose. Although we're getting some comments that Drew does feel like the favorite from a. Maybe I a swear to God, match. if Drew Mac and look, here's the thing: I love Drew McIntyre. I think he's awesome. Somebody got on me on Twitter because I said, you know, he got screwed. He was royally screwed with the pandemic, and I hold to that. I don't care if they shoved him down our throats. He was royally screwed. He should have had the run. He didn't have the run. Unless there is a distinct plan for this man to win a championship in the UK when they are overseas, I don't see a reason to put money in the bank on him. So it's got to be Big E. Like, that's not to say, like, I'll be mad if it's Ricochet and they decide they want to do something. Cool. But right now, I see it being Biggie. I think so too. Although I like this comment from Michael Covington saying Riddle, Riddle is winning. Orton will help him win. Future world champion in Riddle, and then you know, perfect for Orton to turn on Riddle and do that. I mean, I I I can see the logic there, and I think that'd be that's a very cool option. But for me, uh, and John and I have talked about this in recent weeks, it feels like RK Bro still a lot of meat on the bone there as a team. Maybe you have RK Bro win the tag titles at SummerSlam. That's where and, I see it going. And, and delay that split. Obviously, I think that is coming at some point, but they, that is definitely, it feels like we are a little ways away from that. And I think Riddle winning, even with Orton helping him, you know, that would kind of complicate things maybe a little too much. So it does feel like it's Biggie's match to lose. And if that happens, I'll be very much looking forward to it. Robert, what would you rate SmackDown this past week with the fans, with all, all the things that we've been talking about? It was a fun show. What, what do you think about it? I think I'd give the show a comfortable... 8.5. I give the crowd reactions a 10 out of 10. It was so nice to have crowds back. They were so hot for everything. Again, you can't screw this up. You cannot screw this up. It's almost impossible to fumble the ball here. If you fumble the ball, you have royally screwed up. True, true words never spoken. I mean, on paper, Fans are back. The fans just want to see some nice, good, fun wrestling. Give the people what they want with a guy like Biggie winning, or as we saw uh, on Friday, you know, with with Edge standing tall. People want to see that. So, yeah, it, it, it's all too easy just to to do that to have a good show like this. So, and and we saw that on Friday. It was a good show. You say an eight point five. Melly Mel with a, with a ten. Nessa Curse agreeing with an eight point five. Craig Backlund with a nine. I mean, 
I'll go for an 8.5. The crowd was great. It's hard to be too negative about the show. I liked a lot of what we saw. Wasn't perfect, but you know, I'm I'm very hopeful, right? And no email saying stop being negative. I think it was a great I, show. I, I don't think we've said a single negative thing, bro. I have been nothing but positive. I we were just talking in our WrestleZone group chat where like we woke up excited to watch wrestling because we ain't just talking money in the bank. We got impact tonight. Impact is actually going to put on a good show this evening, by the way, featuring Kenny Omega, who is like the greatest wrestler in the world. That's tonight. And that's in front of people for the first time since the pandemic. I'm all for wrestling right now. Wrestling seems to be in a good place. You can't screw this up. No, you really can't. So I, I'm looking, I mean, it's a, it's a great time. You know, for, for WWE, for SmackDown, for everything. I mean, the, the fans are back. Wrestling is back. It's a great time. And just for SmackDown here, Kevin Terry with an 8.1. Michael Covington with an easy 10. 10 out of 10. There you go. So it was a very fun show. I liked it a lot. Robert, you just said, fans are back. We'll be back for, for Slammiversary tonight. We got Money in the Bank tomorrow. Going to be a very special show. We'll be here with a post-show for that. And obviously, otherwise, here for wrestling, we have the Raw post-show with me and John Clark. Robert, you and I are here today on saturday uh for the smackdown post show uh john and i also do the nxt post show on sunday or so damn on tuesday excuse me and the dynamite dudes attitude cover aw and they also do wcw written for fun facebook and stuff so all this content and more and also a great stream of interviews constantly coming to you guys on all of our platforms so make sure to leave a like and subscribe and just matt cardona hold on matt cardona uh the fonds is in there we've got scott demore we've got uh Somebody's got maybe a hot mess coming the, our way. I don't know. I've heard, I've heard a thing or two. But my God, on. the interviews that are on our podcast streams. Go subscribe today wherever you want. Whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Sure, maybe you still use that. I don't know. I'm a Spotify guy myself. I know for a fact we're on Spotify because I put us there. So go there. We're, we're all over the place. We got whatever platform you want to use. We're there. Leave a like and subscribe. And to close it out here, I like this comment from Melly Mel, and I just want to take that as a chance to you know, reflect a little bit. So he's saying, Mel, WWE is the best. I appreciate them for pushing through the pandemic and entertaining us. So glad the fans are back. I mean, as I said this on the show, I teared up last night when the fans came back. Just, it's such a beautiful thing. For WWE, for all, for all, the, every company here, you, we, we were just talking about Impact, for Ring of Honor, for MLW, for AEW, all these companies. The fans are back. They, all these companies have pushed through the probably, I would say, the most challenging period in the history of professional wrestling. And we're here, seemingly on the other side, at least, <laughs> at least for now, uh, with the fans being back. It's a great time. It's a beautiful thing. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the fans being back, the, the great crowds, the great pops, the great moments we're going to get. And, and and doing that and doing that and enjoying it and, and soaking that in and just relishing it, Robert, we're, we're doing the one thing that we do here. We're already doing it, man. Zone. My God, dude. we're already doing it. Let's keep it going for the whole summer. It's a summer of fun, man. Let's just enjoy wrestling. Let's just do it. Just enjoy wrestling. You're darn, you're darn right. And with that, we thank you for listening. You Until are next so time. wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> you cut yourself off from saying you're damn right. You are so wholesome. Guys, follow Colin. Be like Colin. He's great. Enjoy wrestling. Enjoy WrestleZone. God, that was great. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.